Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. And in today's episode, I have my fiance, Jake, here. And we are going to be a be doing a version of, I think Gary Vee did this first, but then I also heard Lauren Conlon do it on her podcast. And it's called Overrated, Underrated, or Appropriately Rated. And we're going to be going over some common fitness things that we see, um, questions that our clients ask us, and give up, give you guys our opinion on what we would rate them. What's going on, guys? Are you excited? I'm excited. Okay. Uh, we actually might disagree on a couple of things, so you can also hear why we feel the way we do or think the way we think. And let's just go with the first one. So pre-workout. I would say appropriately rated. I think it's overrated. Now, I am a pre-workout user, but I feel like too many people when they're coming into the gym, they feel like they need it who don't really need it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will take pre-workout, but then they're not sleeping enough or they're not drinking enough water or they're not eating the right macros for them. And you can't just always supplement your way around things. So if you never have energy, like that should probably be your dress and not just constantly covered up with pre-workout. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, I've also had a hard time finding a pre-workout that works for me. Like for the most part, I use like nootropics or supplements that aren't directly pre-workouts just for a little bit of caffeine because a lot of pre-workouts I think have way too much caffeine in them for the everyday person. Yeah, and I do feel that some people... They just get gassed kind of 45 minutes into their workout um, and sipping on something like a pre-workout or even just like a half scoop. Like you don't need to take the full scoop, but sipping on a half scoop. I usually just do a half scoop now to try to limit my caffeine, but um, just sipping it throughout the workout is going to give you that extra push to make it through the back end of your workouts if you're following a programmed regime. Yeah. Next one, booty bands. Um, I think that they are overrated. But they're leaning on the appropriately rated, depending on how do you, how you use them. I think they're definitely overrated because a lot of um, new people to the gym think that they need them to build a booty because they hear the term booty with it. Um, knowing how to properly adjust like your hips, like having your hip, hips <clears throat> anterior rotated more or posterior rotated, I think is the more important thing that you need to learn how to do. Um, proper squat depth, how to properly activate your glutes. And things like that is, is going to help. And then once you're to the more advanced level, then putting booty bands into it. Because now you're trying to figure out how to push your knees apart and tilt your hips um, posteriorly or anteriorly um, when you should just learn how to do that first. Yeah, I mean, I remember first using these like booty bands in like 2015 when they weren't that common. Um And then, like, suddenly everyone was getting them in 2017. You don't need them to build your glutes, like, and you should not only be doing a workout with just booty bands. I mean, unless that's the only piece of equipment that you have, that's a different story. 
but booty bands, I mean, they're good for a warm up. They're good for uh, really getting connected to your muscle if you don't know how to squeeze your glutes and connect to them, but they shouldn't be like your staple piece of equipment in your lower body exercises. You should be throwing in compound movements like squats and deadlifts, hip thrusts, um, varying movements to like moving laterally. So you gotta have some heavy weights in there. You can't just be using bands. Okay, so the next one is going to be meal plans. What do you rate it? I'd say those are overrated. I think they're overrated. Um, having somebody tell you what to eat every single day is just rough because what do you do when you aren't using that coach anymore or whatever thing that you Googled that Google popped up? Um, you don't have a plan once you're off of it. So it's a probably for a lot of people, if it honestly kind of somehow randomly fits your macros or you have a coach who they're doing it off a macro-based approach but giving you um, food options, you're not learning how to do it on your own at that point. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't want to learn about nutrition. They just want to be told what to do, but you can't always be told what to do because what happens when you're not with that coach? Like, you've learned nothing. So you're not really getting too many benefits from a meal plan. I will give my clients like a sample meal plan alongside with their macros if they truly have no idea where to start. But if you're just relying on meal plan after meal plan after meal plan, you're really just not setting yourself up for success. You have to apply yourself. And that's why I do like macro tracking and eventually trying to get my clients to just being able to like mindfully eat. Yeah. And if you're not good at sales or not good at client retention, one, one thing that's easy to do is write a meal plan that's pretty low on macros low on calories and they're going to lose weight their first time around you'll get some people um every now and then that just have a long diet history so it's hard for them to lose weight and they won't and they won't resign with you but you're going to get those clients who are new and don't know anything and have a decent metabolism and then they're going to lose weight so they think that your system works yeah i mean and now you're going to keep re-signing because and that it's you're just not going to see the results each and every time and you're going to rebound i don't necessarily agree with that approach but i mean that's fine jake's also in-person trainer so we're different i'm online he's in person but with the meal plan i i honestly think if you just use a tracking app every single day you're gonna see a change it doesn't even matter like where your macros are at it's just going to bring a sense of awareness to you that you've never had before so even just taking that step is you're probably going to see some results even if everything macro wise is all over the place yep um waist trainers specifically the sweat belt ones um i think those are overrated i think they're overrated but they can be a good tool if you are like flying so like if you need compression to help with like water retention this is like very specific like if you're a physique competitor and you're flying like use compression socks use a waist trainer to help with some water retention but you're not gonna slap on a waist trainer and magically wake up with abs like that's not how it works yeah i've seen people in the gym that all they rely on it just seems like they're always wearing their waist trainer um and sweat belts and everything like that although i will say I've used one before, before I really understood it that much. Um, and I will say once you pull one of those off your stomach and you see the sweat, that is very motivating and feel like you feel like you got in a lot of work throughout the gym. So if it mentally motivates you and psychologically you work harder in your workouts because of it, I say go for it. But if you're looking for results from the actual waist trainer itself, you're losing water, which you're about to drink back in anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, I've used them, like, on my period before when I've, like, gained a ton of water retention, and that's, like, helped me see a big difference in, like, the water that gets held in my core, Um, but I've never used one in hopes of, like, helping my abs come in or helping me drop weight. Like, the only way you can lose fat is through creating a calorie deficit in correlation with your body working for you, so, like, your hormones being in a good place. Like that's the only way you're going to see change. Um, not just through compressing certain body parts. <laughs> Could yeah. you imagine just like wearing like thigh sleeves and thinking your thighs are going to shrink? I've seen people walking into the gym with bicep sleeves, like the sweat ones and thigh sleeves or suits that zip up. Like it's crazy what walks into the gym. In-person training. I think it's, it depends where, but I think it's appropriately rated. I would say for like, it depends. Like your your new person to the gym or your person who they've struggled with the account, they need the accountability. I'd say a lot of times it's it's underrated to start with a trainer with the plan to come off using one. Um, have a trainer to teach you a bunch of different exercises for a few months, um, and have a program and a plans for. For the intention of you learning is ask why they change your macros. Ask why they're doing this exercise. Remember how you're doing that exercise um, with the plan to come off. I don't expect any clients of mine ever to stay um, for me for their lifetime, but I want them to learn with me so that once they make the transition to do it on their own, they at least have the potential to be successful because they know what to do. And I have clients who are now programming their own macros and they're just checking with me um, to make sure that they're they're good macros, and that's what I want to see. They're transitioning out of that in-person training because they just simply don't need it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I honestly never had like a in-person trainer. Um, I was someone who grew up with athletics, so I was super connected with my body through gymnastics, and I am a visual learner, so I could almost look at someone's biomechanic movement and be able to replicate it. Not everyone can do that, trust me. Not everyone has that skill. It is hard to learn how to lift in the gym if you don't have good body awareness, if you don't even know the function of your muscles, like you're not going to feel very connected to your body. So even having a trainer to help you with those basics, to help you with those compound movements and to help you just feel more comfortable in the gym. Like I have a lot of women who are very uncomfortable in the gym. If you're walking the gym with your trainer, picking up pieces of equipment that you don't necessarily know how to use, but then you learn how to use them, it's going to help you feel liberated. And then that's going to help you in your future workouts. So getting an in-person trainer is an investment and it tends to be I mean, it's a luxury to have an in-person trainer, but it is going to help you a lot when it comes to your physique goals and also confidence as well. And those are going to be skills that you're going to be able to utilize for the rest of your life. Granted that you hired a good trainer. Okay. Swipe workouts on Instagram. Overrated. Overrated. Um, Especially girls that just market their big butt. Like... I see them changing their workouts all the time where they're just doing a bunch of plyometrics. Like their actual structure of their workouts makes legit no sense. And don't get me wrong, any movement that you have is going to be better than having zero movement at all. Like to get people moving, to get people exercising is a huge win. But if you're wanting to see real results, 
you can't just look at some hot girl on Instagram and her swipe workouts and be like, hey, I'm going to copy that and I'm going to look just like her. And I think that a lot of girls get in their head and they think that if they do a workout that someone else is doing, that they're going to like have that person's butt or have that person's abs. And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And a lot of times they're doing it for like the advertisement too, like online coaches who are just going to post that and then you like it and try it and DM them and stuff. But a lot of them aren't doing those workouts to begin with. Yeah, it's like false advertisement. So they're just giving you some workout to do. So you DM them and buy whatever pre-workout they have an affiliation with um, and things like that. Just for the fact of like posting workouts to show that um, they're in the fitness community. Um, but it's in the gym. They're going and doing heavy barbell squats like you should actually be doing. They're not mm-hmm. doing plyometric jumps. I've had, and I'm guilty of this too, like especially back in like 2017 when I feel like the swipe workouts were such a big deal. But I've had influencer friends where I'm like recording them do their little workout for Instagram and this is a workout that they would absolutely never do. (laughs) And then they post it and I think it gives you guys the false idea that, hey, this person actually follows this workout. And I even see girls that are like so muscular, super jacked, like maybe they're a competitor and then I see them post this like body weight plyo thing. And I'm thinking there, you don't do that. Like you don't do that. Um, you can't build that lean muscle tissue without any sort of resistance. And again, body weight is a great place to start. Even using bands is a great place to start, but you need to be able to progress from there. And, um, the other thing is like traditional styles of workouts, like the body, your actual biomechanics have not ever changed. Like a chest press is always going to be a fantastic chest exercise and is going to be superior to someone sitting sideways on a machine doing a chest press. Like you can do all these silly variations, but what is going to be the best is like the meat and potatoes of fitness, which is like traditional compound lifts. Um, if you see someone doing a new movement, like it's probably honestly not going to be super beneficial. You can try it out for fun, but it's not going to be as beneficial as just like sticking to traditional moves. Would you agree? Yeah. Sorry if you guys can hear the dog. It's like we're waiting for us to move into this house and then we can have like an actual podcast studio to where you can't hear the pets interrupt. Okay, everyone's favorite, keto. Definitely overrated. Overrated. And I think people are starting to get really burnt out from it. So they've been able to try it out and maybe lose weight and gain it back. Or they've realized it's just not sustainable for them. A lot of my clients do come to me from trying keto before and none of them have positive experiences. So why do you think it's uh, overrated? Um, Most people just do keto because they're eating fats and protein. Um, On keto, you actually need to consume less protein um, than what you would be if you just tracked regular macros. Um, If you eat too much protein in one sitting, you'll get kicked out of ketosis. If you're not tracking your blood, then you're probably not even in ketosis even though you're eating keto-friendly meals. Um, Mm -hmm. And most people I see, they're not tracking their blood work and pricking their finger every single day and if you're not doing that then you've probably never been in ketosis yeah i mean they have the keto tabs where you can like use urine for that 
Um, but with ketosis, I mean, you don't need to be burning ketones to burn body fat. Like that's the funniest thing is like, you don't have to burn that to lose body fat. Like it's people, again, this is something where they lose weight because this is the first time they've ever been mindful with their nutrition and they've never had any sort of structure before. And then um, also carbohydrates hold on to water weight. So that first week you get like a high from it because you see maybe a huge jump down on the scale. And it's like, wow, like I'm seeing progress. This is working, but that's not necessarily the case. And um, a lot of people do keto wrong. They are eating way too much protein. I even see people who follow the net carbs and they're like, oh, it's keto. I'm following net carbs. It's just, I see a lot of loopholes and... um, People don't follow it correctly. There are some benefits of keto. Um, I have seen people who have had success, and I, there's even I can't even think of his name, but there's like a endurance runner that like breaks records, and he follows keto, which is like fascinating because with endurance running, you would want to be supplying your body with carbohydrates. But for the majority, I would say the public likes their carbohydrates. Your body wants carbohydrates; that's its main source of energy. And um, if keto doesn't work for you, like, don't feel like you failed. Yeah. Um, protein powder. Um, this one's tough. I'd almost, I'd almost say overrated because I get asked if people should use protein powder very, very often or them just saying that they are or signing up for training. They'd be like, hey, I just bought this protein powder too because they were just too on board with it. And people missing their protein goals for the day, even when they're on protein powder. The good portion of it is it can help increase your appetite. So if you're not used to eating um, more calories, so like say you've always been eating 1,500 calories and we're trying to work your calories up um, to 1,800 to get you at a better starting point by reverse dieting, then Adding in a protein shake is a really good way to increase calories while not taking up a lot of space space in your stomach. So that can also end up leading to um, increasing your appetite as well, um, which will increase your total calories. So that's a really good proponent of it. But if you're not tracking, you don't know where anything's at, you're probably not ready to, I wouldn't say you're not ready to invest in protein powder, but I don't think you that it's a wise investment when you don't even know where you're at. It's kind of, I think, a waste of money. We need to see if we even need protein powder. Yeah, I mean, protein powder, I think, is appropriately rated, but you need to have your nutrition and training and check first before you look into supplementation. Um, protein powder it can be a helpful tool, but you also shouldn't be the person who's eating 10 scoops of protein powder in a day to get your protein in. Like, you can't just supplement all day long that's what a supplement is it shouldn't consume majority of your day like whole food should consume majority of your day um and even for myself like for females i try to keep them two scoops of protein max males like i would say three to four depending on their size but once you get more than that like you need to be getting it through whole foods and um, a lot of women under consume on protein heck even a lot of males when they're first getting started under consume on protein and I think it can be really beneficial to get your protein needs in which is going to be in alignment with you know fat loss goals or even building lean muscle it can help with your satiety Um, it can even help with like cravings if you have that because you are going to feel satiated for longer periods of time so there's a lot of benefits of protein powder 
and there's a lot of like controversy I think with females they think that they're going to take protein powder and just like sprout a bicep that's like super huge and that's not the case but I mean protein powder is not like steroids right no um I think one important goal to have is if you're going to use protein powder is um to keep like a scoop with a shaker bottle on you at all times and then have your goal being to hit your be able to hit your protein carbs and fats just by whole foods every single day but then at those times where work gets busy or you miss that meal because something crazy was going on, you have that scoop or two of protein powder in a bottle ready to go and you're able to just throw water in it and drink it just like it's a normal water bottle. Um, I think that that's what I usually do in my gym bag and that's what I try and have all, all my clients do is just keep that emergency protein powder on you for when you're hungry and you don't have access to a full meal. Yeah, I mean that's better than like um, driving through the past food drive through if you're feeling really deprived I always tell my clients like have a plan B like have a protein bar have something in your bag to uh, you know keep you satiated you never know how long you're going to be gone um, and having that protein powder on hand can be helpful okay rest days I'd say appropriately rated I think well in my space of like the fitness world I think they're underrated I do see a lot of people who are like coming into the gym, getting started out three days a week um, because they are pretty sore, even going through a lot of very, very basic movements. I took a new client through um, a 10 minute workout during our first workout and she came back in and it was, I mean, we maybe held 10 pounds for squats and she came in three days later and was like, oh my gosh, I was so sore for those, those two days. Um, I think that she's definitely someone who needs the rest days and she plans on working out three days a week. Um, and I think that's a good start. And then you do see those people who are like, I'm just going to work out every single day of the week and do that for months on end. And those people are the ones who need to throw in a rest day or, you know, maybe even take a week off. But I see, I see a wide mix of people in the gym. I think they're underrated for the people who have like the athlete mentality and like to train super intense all the time because they almost feel guilty for taking rest. But I mean, I struggled with this for a really long time. I'd say even up until 2019, I learned how to really embrace taking rest days. You have to understand that muscle isn't built inside the gym. That's where it's actually broken down. And in order for it to rebuild and change is done through a rest day. So if you're never taking a rest day, that's probably why you're not making the progress that you wanna make. And um, it's just super important for inflammation, digestion, stress. And you need a day where you're not in the gym, where you can like focus on life stuff. Like it's great to have fitness goals, but take a rest day to really catch up on life and maybe do another hobby that doesn't involve your physical body. Yeah. Do you wanna throw in some fun ones? Some fun ones? Like what? <laughs> I don't know, like food or whatever. Jake wanted to talk about rice cakes. <laughs> rice cakes are definitely overrated. I think they are appropriately rated. because The, the can... only people that I ever hear that love rice cakes are bodybuilders. Because you can do anything with them. You can add peanut butter on them, they're good. You can add egg whites on them they're good you can eat them with chicken and they're good they're the most versatile carb other than rice and potatoes taste like flavored cardboard a lot of times not the ones that i get they taste good 
Rice cakes are very appropriately rated in the bodybuilder community. A lot of my clients have come to the rice cake side while working with me. Let's do another one. Traditional weddings. <laughs> Traditional weddings. Definitely way overrated. Yep. Make a list of what you want in your wedding that you won't sacrifice for. And then make a list of like things that you're definitely not going to do with their non-negotiables. And then make a list of your negotiables. And out of your negotiables, those are things that based off your budget that you decide to throw in or not. And then or if somebody else is going to pay for it. Yeah, we're getting married this year, so I think traditional weddings, in my opinion, are overrated. Um, I think a lot of people think they have to follow a rule book, but weddings have been around forever, and just because your parents had it a certain way doesn't mean you have to. Like You are independent, you have your own life, and it's important for you to stick to your guns and stick to what you feel like is important. Yeah, um, I think you need to remember that it's not your parents' day, it's not your cousin's day, it's not your friend's day, it's your day, and people need to kind of stick up for themselves a little bit more on what they want, um, and making it what they want. A lot. What I see a lot of people do too, because we've gotten questions about our wedding and what we've done, how we've handled family pressure, how we've made certain decisions, things like that, but I think one important thing to realize is um, don't even go into it with like wanting to please certain people go into it with wanting to please your partner and make decisions between the two of you right that's i think super important and um it's your you and your partner's marriage it's not you and your parents marriage it's not to say like you should tell your parents to f off and you don't care about their opinion there's a right way to go about it but i've definitely learned a lot about patience and like compromise but guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's been a while since you have been able to hear Jake on Beyond the Bikini. So thanks for joining me today. Glad to be back.